0: I think I went through every form of like, I, I think what the term I used was like every psychological state of being a woman <laughs> when I was like preparing for this podcast, because I was like so excited and ready and like, yes, this is going to be fun. And then I went like through this kind of imposter syndrome of like, oh, no, what if everybody hates my recommendations? Books are so subjective. Like, and in fact, like one of my top books of 2021 is literally on Erin's red flag reads because she hated oh. it so much. <laughs>
1: Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin. Today is a very special episode. It is one that we wait for with eager anticipation, even if I am, in fact, the only one waiting with eager anticipation. It is what is becoming our annual Cozy Christmas Reads episode. Today, I am joined by two wonderful bookish friends, my friend Jillian O'Keefe. Hi, Jillian. Hello. And new bookish friend to the podcast, Stephanie Cunningham. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hello, hello. And I just faked as though I haven't already said all of that to you because we had <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of false starts. Stephanie, Jillian, and I were all parents. We're recording this in the evening we're um all really excited but um, we had a couple a couple start and stops some on my end for my kids and some on on their end for their kids we are going to cross our fingers that actually this is this is the fourth times the charm or third times the charm and, <laughs> and we're going to be rocking and rolling from now on our uh, cozy christmas reads Host from last year, Allie, is not with us today. Allie had a baby very recently. So we want to say congratulations to Allie and um, we'll be sending her bookish vibes and hoping that she's enjoying lots of good books while she cuddles her new baby by the Christmas tree. But if you're new to the Cozy Christmas Reads episodes, what we are going to do today is we'll tell you a little bit about what we think is a Cozy Christmas Read and we're each going to give you three recommendations for your holiday reading. So Jillian, do you mind if I hand it over to you to describe what is a cozy Christmas read to you in your mind?
2: Okay. So cozy Christmas is all about, for me, it's all about the um, description of where the person is living. So the warm, the cozy furniture, maybe there's a fireplace. They're talking about the blankets, getting cozy on the couch, Or it's, you know, maybe going to a coffee shop and meeting up with some friends and it has to be, I feel like it has to be cold weather. Although one of my books is based in the summer, so (laughs) there's that, but um, it's all about that, that vibe. Like even I just finished reading one of Louise Penny's books and it's just that, that cold feeling getting bundled up, being around people you love and being you know, entering places with fireplaces and and feeling the warmth that they're talking about as they're describing the scene in the room and everything.
1: Yeah, it's like a texture. Yeah. It's like that, like that extra part that the book goes for to describe environment and texture. Yeah. A couple of my books actually deviate from that and I'll explain why, because we're also going to kind of give recommendations depending on like your specific sort of like vibe for Christmas. Stephanie, what about you? When you hear cozy Christmas, do you, you're, are you in alignment with Jillian or uh, do you have another kind of uh quadrant that that fits?
0: Yeah. I think when I first like heard the term cozy Christmas, like that's exactly what comes to my mind. Like I want to like hear about the fireplace crackling and all those senses and the textures like you were talking about. And especially because I'm from a warm weather climate. I'm like, I want that like snow and the bundled and all that stuff. But I think as I was doing my research and as I was trying to figure out what books I was going to recommend and figuring out what books I actually enjoy, I realized that a lot of my books that were in that genre, I didn't enjoy as much as like other books. And so to me, a like cozy Christmas read was like something that I don't want to put down and I want to sit and read by the fire in the Christmas tree and not that I'm going to be like frustrated with. And so a lot of mine deviate from that cozy Christmas vibe into like what would be cozy for me and not necessarily the characters in the book that I'm reading about.
1: Yeah, I think mine is probably a little bit of both. It's definitely like what is a book that I'm going that is going to be sort of unputdownable. Mm -hmm. But also there's like an emotional quality to a cozy Christmas read in that it's either giving you a sort of atmospheric sense of, like, being absorbed by the atmosphere, or it's kind of giving you, I'm here, I'm safe, and I'm, and I'm tr- being transported to taking me very much out of the everyday. Like, I feel like a cozy Chris- what a cozy Christmas read isn't is a cozy Christmas read isn't, although maybe you'll disagree with me, isn't like your family drama. The big like sweeping multi-generational family drama book or your personal self-development book is probably not the book you're going to reach for to like cuddle up by the Christmas tree. <laughs> but if if you are, then good on you because uh, there's no judgment here. So why don't we go ahead and dive into our book recommendations? Stephanie, are you okay to go first? I can. <laughs> yeah. Stephanie shared with us that she kind of went through a roller coaster of emotions preparing for this. And uh, I hope you'll tell the audience a little bit about what that was like.
0: I did. I think I went through every form of like, I, I think what the term I used was like every psychological state of being a woman <laughs> when I was like preparing for this podcast because I was like so excited and ready and like, yes, this is going to be fun. And then I went like through this kind of imposter syndrome of like, oh, no, what if everybody hates my recommendations? Books are so subjective. Like, and in fact, like one of my top books of 2021 is literally on Erin's red flag reads because she hated oh, it so much. <laughs> it's true. So... <laughs>
2: It's so, so true, I,
0: so that put me into like, oh my goodness, everyone's gonna hate it. I don't have like i'm I don't have the right no. recommendations, but then I went right back up to like, this is so fun, and I love it, and I'm excited, and I like can't wait to share. So I did go through the whole roller coaster of emotions as far as book recommendations. I need
2: now to know what she, that book was The she Gracier
1: the <laughs> Gracier oh, by. Okay. Kim Legit. Yeah, I' haven't read it. It was a tough <laughs> hang for me. <laughs> I kind of roasted it in my <laughs> Medium Lady Reads summer series. Okay. Um if you want to hear that, I think it might be episode 41. Um but Stephanie did recommend it to me and I started reading it and while I was reading it, I couldn't put it down. And then the minute the book ended, there were I I was like, "What is this?" And <laughs> <laughs> but I am glad that I read it. And I certainly, you know, I don't like begrudge Stephanie for liking it. Of course I can see there's like a lot of things that are really, really like fun and great about anyway, not to digress and let's open up the episode with an episode with a book that um, is a very polarizing book, but Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and dive into your first cozy Christmas read recommendation?
0: Okay. So here's my first recommendation. And I think this one is the most like breaks from the mold of like the stereotypical cozy Christmas read. But, and it's kind of like what Erin did last year when she recommended one whole author. Like it's almost like I'm recommending one whole whole author and that's Catherine Center. Uh, Her books for me this year were just those books that I couldn't put down and that were just very pure, like Fun, almost like a Hallmark movie of books where, like, it's just sweet, innocent, good love stories. And I just couldn't put them down. And the one that I love the most was called Things You Save in the Fire. And I just enjoyed it and I couldn't put it down. And so for me, I was like, that's what I want when I'm sitting by the Christmas tree or when I'm, you know, in between all these, the holiday bustle and helping my kids do stuff. I want like something that's going to captivate me and be so fun that I can't put it down. And that's what her books were for me this year. She even has one um, called The Lost Husband. That is a Netflix movie now. And so definitely, like I said, very Hallmark movie type thing. But um, her Goodreads profile says that she is the rainforest queen of comfort reads and so I thought that even though it's not cozy Christmas settings that like it is a comfort read that's just simple easy fun stories
1: I think I've read how to walk away but I can picture the cover but I can't remember what happened in the story but I remember like exactly what you're talking about is like you can't really put it down there's some really like resonant writing, but overall the plot line is, it's comforting. It's a comforting plot line. Jillian, have you read this book?
2: I haven't. I haven't read it. I don't even think I've heard of the uh, author either.
1: The, The cover art is very captivating. You may recognize the cover art. It's like a really bright blue cover with some like, Um, the one, the other one,
0: bodyguard is the one that's really popular right now in, um, bookstagram. And that has another, it's like a bright yellow cover. Um, and it was another good one. Just simple read.
1: Catherine center things you save in a fire. Can you give us a bit of a synopsis?
0: Okay, here's another one of my fatal flaws and why I was like, oh my goodness, why did they ever invite me on a book podcast is I read and I watch movies purely for fun and entertainment when I'm reading fiction. And so a lot of times I will read it. I will remember the feeling that it leaves me with. I will completely forget everything else. I can reread this book in one year and be entirely shocked by the biggest plot twist. Like I will gasp out loud and be like, I can't remember that happening because it's it's lost to me. But I hold on to that feeling. So things you save in a fire does are, does follow the life of a female firefighter. She's the only female firefighter, I think, in Texas, a town in Texas, I believe. Um, I could be wrong about that, but it just follows her having to navigate being the only female and trying to prove herself, but also just be authentic to herself. And there's a love interest, and um, I think the Goodreads uh, blurb about it says it's about life, love, and courage, and so. That's all
1: I, think I got that, for you. that was the synopsis. That's the synopsis I'm looking for. Jillian, you were like nodding along with Stephanie as she confesses to enjoying the act of reading. And Stephanie, you read quite a lot, I do. Um, but not for the act of resort, absorbing, retaining, and then regurgitating for a podcast like some people on this call.
2: <laughs> yeah, I um, I am the same way. I there are, there was a meme not too long ago where it said something like I read the book and then I completely forgot it. And, and that isn't true for every single book that I read, but a lot of them, I, same thing. I will remember the feeling like one of the ones I'm going to suggest. I remember bawling my eyes out over, but I don't, didn't remember exactly everything that it was about until I reread the synopsis. So absolutely. I completely relate to that.
1: That's cool. Great, great recommendation. Catherine Center, um, Stephanie's recommending, Things
0: you save in a fire.
1: Things you save in a fire, and um, thanks, Stephanie. Okay, Jillian, you're up next. You've got the next recommendation.
2: Okay, so I am going to start with Every Summer After.
1: <gasps>
2: that I actually so good. Even, That's I, a good
1: recommendation. Okay, keep going. Keep going.
2: By Carly Fortune. Yeah. I so for me, I know that it's a summer book, mm-hmm. but if you're at your in-laws or you're at any place and you're like overwhelmed with what's going on around you or maybe you're in a super cold location like Aaron and I are and <laughs> you're just like sick of the snow sick of the cold and you need to escape this is the book that you want to escape with because it's going to bring you those sunny warm vibes so this book the, the main character's name is Persephone Fraser. Um, they call her Percy and ever since she made the biggest mistake of her life a decade ago that has felt too true instead of glittering summers on the lakeshore of her childhood she spends them in a stylish apartment in the city going out with friends keeping everyone at a safe distance from her heart and then she gets the news that her the person that she was interested in back at the lake house there's terrible tragic news and she has to go back and they relive everything throughout the book about how they developed their relationship and um, how it they how they part and and come back. and it's just lots of cozy vibes about hanging around out around the lake. They hang out in the basement of one of the characters' homes. And I just I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I um recommend that book to everyone. And I thought that it was the perfect cozy Christmas read, even though it is not at all about Christmas,
1: yeah. That book is so good. It has these sort of like shifting timelines. It goes back in time. There's a lot of memories. There's a lot of flashback scenes. And the, the main character is kind of trying to redeem herself. So you really kind of get swept away. You're really cheering for her. And you're cheering for her to kind of like find the redemption that she's looking for. It is such a good book. And I really like the idea of contrasting one of those summer summer love novels against you know to kind of counterbalance the freezing cold temperatures that book is written not too far away actually from where I am and I read it this summer and it was really fun to read in the summertime too but overall it's actually just a really really great book it great is it's so good.
0: I'm excited that's- to read it I haven't it's read it. Summer I haven't even heard of
1: it by Carly Fortune yes sorry and Steph you have you haven't read it no I haven't even heard of it <laughs> awesome that's the best Yay! part of this episode <laughs> We're helping each other. If nobody helps, <laughs> okay. I have the next recommendation, and I am actually going to recommend a cozy Christmas favorite author, which is Jenny Bayless. So I'm going to recommend Jenny Bayless's new book, Meet Me Under the Mistletoe. This is, if you listen to last year's episode, I think it was Jillian, you recommended A Season for Second Chances, which is also excellent. Jenny Bayliss is a British author. So her books have a very like Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral kind of vibe. Big cast of characters, always set in a very like specific location. This book, Meet Me Under the Mistletoe, is a um. It's a romance novel. It takes place right around Christmas time. I'm trying to find my notes about it. Where are they? There they are. It's set in sort of like a Downton Abbey type of setting. So the character's name is Eleanor Noel. They call her Nori. And she's reuniting with all of her high school best friends. They all went to this posh private school in the village. And Um, They're going back because two of the high school friends are getting married and one of the friends is an actress and she's decided to get married at this grand estate that was in this village where they all went to high school together. And while she's there, she runs into this, you know, love interest from her past and, you know, they kind of connect and there's immediate sparks. And so it's sort of about them reconnecting with each other while she's also navigating this. Reunion with her high school friends and the great thing about Jenny Bayless is that the plot line is really uncomplicated like you can really make your way from like the before and after of it all is like all all of the characters are kind of going through some kind of transformation, but there's also these like really beautiful complexities of humanity that she brings in that don't necessarily make the book like deeper than it is this is still like contemporary romance fiction through and through but there's elements of like race and racism and there's elements of uh, suicide and mental health there's elements of classism in the village and you kind of get all of these things in a dose that's not that doesn't make the book heavy like, it's still very funny. The characters are so unique and lovable. And you get that sense of place because the whole book pretty much takes place in the context of a week, seven days, and this amazing, like, Downton Abbey type of estate. Of I think this book is like definitely what people think of when they see Cozy Christmas Reads. You can probably find it at Target or in a drugstore. It's extremely popular right now, along with a lot of other Cozy Christmas Reads. You'll see a lot of authors release books. Right around this time it's very much like in the hallmark movie genre that is catered to women you know in that 18 to 65 age range um um like you know heterosis women um but i think just generally jenny bayless is such a good writer and also the fact that it's british makes it just different enough that you're kind of still transported to a magical place um even though there's like no magic or anything in the book I really, really enjoyed this book. And I have enjoyed all of the books of Jenny Bayliss that I've read. Uh, Season of Second Chances and The Twelve Dates of Christmas are also awesome. I think like all three of them as a trio are great. And uh, that's my recommendation. Jillian, you must have read this.
2: I haven't yet. I have not read it. But I was laughing because I was going to resuggest uh Season of Second Chances because I love that book so much and i i actually am going to reread it myself very soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, i would love it. You should read Meet Me Under the Mistletoe and then read Season for Second Chances right afterwards because they're very similar, but very different, and I really love when an author can do that—define their point of view so specifically, and yet the books can all just be so different. I think Catherine Center is very specifically, very um similar. Um, so yeah, um, I think if you really want to pick up anything by Jenny Baylis, it's a great cozy Christmas read. But this new book is really, really good. She's she's definitely like growing as an author through her books for sure. I'm good. excited
0: to hear your recommendation because I feel like in prep for this, I was trying to read every of the like quintessential, like you said, the ones on the drugstore yeah. shelves, like cozy Christmas read. And I kept being like disappointed and disappointed. I'm like oh. mm, no, We couldn't recommend that. Mm, I don't know if I'd recommend that of like, Oh, that was fine. And so I'm excited to hear one that's like, yes, a real cozy Christmas winner.
1: Yeah. I think you can really sink your teeth into this book. Like it took me longer than 24 hours to finish you know, it wasn't like a single sitting kind of read. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, that's what I would recommend.
2: Now I want to read it tonight and I can't, uh, I just, I just looked at my library and I'm, (laughs) I'm still eight. I'm number eight in line.
1: But I think you'll be well on your way. You'll be (laughs) probably like somewhere around like December 20th. You'll get it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Perfect. (laughs)
0: my hold is placed.
1: (laughs) Oh, very good. Oh, lovely. That's good. I love to know what you think. And Stephanie, if you end up having zero stars for this book, you'll have to tell me and tag me. That's true. (laughs) Stephanie, you're next.
0: Okay. My next one, I kind of switch modes into a locked room mystery thriller mystery kind of book. And it's one by one by Ruth Ware. It's very like Agatha Christie, Then There Were None, if you've ever read that. Um, It wasn't a five-star read for me. Like, it was a very, like, middle-of-the-road, like, three-and-a-half-star read for me. But it is, like, that type of thriller mystery, whodunit type thing where they are locked in this mountain chalet, snowed in. So it does give those, like... Christmas texture vibes that we were looking for. I don't remember a ton of it, but I remember just loving that Christmas <laughs> feel and the mystery aspect of it. If you're looking for something different and not along the typical Christmas romance lines.
2: Jillian, you've read it. Your face yeah. has. I have. It was really good. It was actually, there was two books that I read that were so similar to each other. One of them was one by one. And then there was another one that I can't think of right now, but the one by Ruth Ware was 10 times better than the other one I read.
1: (laughs) I read my first locked room mystery this summer. It was called last one alive by Amber Cowie. And I did not like it. Um, (laughs) And I was like, is this what a locked room- I've never read Agatha Christie. Is this what a locked room mystery is? Like, it was literally like, here's 10 people and they're going to die one by one. And I was like, oh, I can't. I don't. But I kept reading because I was like, oh, it's definitely that person's definitely the murderer. And then they were dead. And then I was like, <laughs> OK, well, I was wrong, but I loathed all the characters. So tell me why Ruth Ware in particular, you know, it's it's a particular standout. Is it the characters? Is it the setting? Is it that whodunit kind of feeling or is it all of the above?
0: I think it's because it was a modern version of one of those stories. Like a lot of times when it's those locked room mysteries, we're thinking of Clue or the Agatha Christie and it's very dated and older. And so I think this, I am a sucker for a good, like modern retelling. I actually have two of those on my suggestion lists. And so I think it's that it's the like modernizing of it. And you're right. Like they do a good job of making you hate the characters. So you're like, oh, that guy deserved to die. And you're like (laughs) being a murderer in your heart. like. (laughs) And so you get invested because they do a good job of being like, mm, he's kind of a scumbag. She's kind of sleazy. Like it just does not sound very convincing when I'm talking about it. But
1: would you say, is there a protagonist? Is there like a main point of view?
0: Yeah. There's one person that you're following through. I know the like story. they're definitely
1: not going to die. So yeah. Yeah. And in this book, this other book that I read, don't read it. I liked her the least. I was like, I hope you die. I hope you do die. You're so you're the least likable of all the people on this deserted island in the middle of a storm.
0: This has gone really quickly from big sister book chat to Only Murders in the Podcast.
1: <laughs> only Murders in the Book. Okay. Okay, let's let's dial it back, but that's one by one by Ruth Ware. That's your spooky cozy Christmas read. That's if like you're looking to be transported to like the winter storm you like the mystery, you like the locker room, I'm going to tell you what, I am going to read this book because there was something I just felt like I, you know, when you read one kind of thing and you're like, no, I don't like that. I'm kind of like, no, no, no. You need to like sample it more than one time before you really decide that like yes. it's not for you. And um, I know Ruth Ware is like the queen of the genre. So I would love to, I'll, I'll definitely check it out for sure.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's really good.
1: Jillian, go ahead. You've got our next recommendation. All right.
2: So I'm going to do Always in December by Emily Stone. I absolutely love the descriptions in this book. They talk about Josie's apartment. Um, anytime they mention the cold, you feel like you need to huddle in with a warm, big, fuzzy blanket. This is would be a great book if you are in the need of a good cry. <laughs> I, I am someone who adores crying from books. So take that into consideration. But um, if you are in need of a good cry or just an, emotion, an emotional release, this is definitely the book for you. Um, I know sometimes the holidays can get kind of hectic. So this, this might be what you need. A description, every December, Josie posts a letter from her home in London to the, her, to the parents she lost on Christmas night many years ago. Each year, she writes the same three words, missing you always. But this year, her annual trip to the Postbox is knocked off course by a bicycle collision with a handsome stranger, a stranger who will change the course of Josie's life. And the whole, the progress from meeting him to you know learning how long he's there for and how long they have together and it's just it's wonderful and i cried and i loved it yeah. so much and it just gave gave you this i mean through the whole thing it's a lot of cozy vibes just because of the 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 way they describe her apartment and and i think i'm pretty sure it's british yeah i said london so yeah absolutely adds that extra cozy vibe i don't know it's probably something I'm going to say we Americans, but I know Aaron's not American, so
1: it's that love actually thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's that like, oh, they say Happy Christmas instead of Merry Christmas, ha ha ha. You know, yeah. So cool.
2: I loved it so much.
1: Now tell me why you love to cry with books.
2: I don't know. Um, It's the same reason I probably like to cry with TV. I'm an emotional person anyway, and I like that intense feeling. Mm-hmm. And usually it'll start so if I'm I haven't cried in a while and you know I've just been feeling really cruddy or something and I finish a sad book or I watch a sad movie or see a sad commercial um, and I start crying it'll start like it'll release everything else that's built yeah. up in there and then just clean clean me out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Permission.
2: yeah, it's it's I don't know I've always I've always enjoyed crying with TV and movies uh, and books.
1: Stephanie, what about you?
0: Do I cry in books?
1: Do you?
2: Is that the question?
1: That was a very skeptical. <laughs> do you like uh, when books make you cry? Or do books make you cry?
0: I, in life, am a crier. Every one of my emotions comes out in tears. It's like okay. anger, happiness, sorrow, frustration. Like it all comes out in tears. It's very rare. Like I can't remember a book making me cry and movies, it's kind of like on occasion. I don't know what that means. But.
1: <laughs> so it's like you're crying all the time unless you're reading, and Jillian is only crying if she's reading. <laughs> I do love a book that really makes me cry, but it doesn't happen very often. It's usually a five-star read if I cry.
2: Yeah. I cry um, way too easily. Does, I mean...
1: No, I, I don't think it's way too easily. Like,
2: No, I mean, I really wait. do. Like, there, you, I could be watching... Commercial and something this time of year, especially those sad or or happy commercials come on, and I'm just like bawling my eyes out. I can't think of an example right now, but I cry about everything. so
1: <laughs> listen, there's a lot going on. You may as yeah, well absolutely mm-hmm. okay. I have the next book, and this is a bit of a weird selection, and it's a sort of last minute substitution because I realized that my actual second pick I've already raved about on an episode but I'd forgotten so my my first choice was The Reading List by Sarah Nisha Adams so I'll put that out there but you've already heard me if you've maybe already heard me talk about that so I'm gonna make a wild card recommendation and this is for the person who's listening to this episode but is very skeptical of the I'll call it the Holiday Hallmark Romance Quadrant. So we've all recommended a couple of books that kind of fall into those quadrants of comfortable, cozy romance um, novels. And if you're skeptical, if that kind of book is even for you, I'm going to recommend a total 180 from that, which is this book called Pony by R.J. Palacio, who is the author of the book Wonder. This book is historical fiction, but it's also young adult. It is a... Very unusual, curious book about this boy. And what happens is his father has perfected the art of taking photographs. And because of the time in which the book takes place, this is like a very unique and rare skill. And his father actually gets kidnapped. And this boy lives alone, but is sort of surrounded by a dog a, um, and a ghost. And so with the dog and the ghost, he decides to go and try to find his dad. And one of the kidnappers leaves behind a pony. And so he takes the pony, the ghost, and the dog, and they kind of go on this hero's quest to try and find the dad. And it's very curious because there's many characters introduced through the book that are also introduced through really unique photography, that's actually interspersed in the chapters of the book. And so you get an immediate picture of the cast of characters, which is really transporting you in a really cinematic kind of way. The book takes place in um, a number of different like geographical areas, which I've com- I've co- um, confessed before that sometimes I really struggle with that. Like when when the author's describing like the mountain range and the sunset, my brain kind of goes like a little like one-dimensional. But there's a lot of that in this book. And so it's a very cinematic read. The dialogue is very sparse. It kind of reads like a black and white movie. I don't know how to explain that. But that's the sensation that you get. It's it's just, I said before, it's very cinematic. It's mostly told from the point of view of this boy the end the last few chapters go by very very quickly but it's actually kind of slow until the end and so if you're looking for something that's totally different but a really like cinematic book experience i would definitely recommend pony by rj palacio i think that this is like the kind of book that's really weird which makes it hard to recommend but sometimes when it's the holidays you're willing to pick up something that's kind of outside of your normal comfort zone either because you have more time sometimes when we're like we love to read, but it's easier to read what you're used to consuming. And if you kind of want to step outside your reading comfort zone or you feel like the cozy comfort reads, the holiday romances aren't going to be your speed, then I would absolutely recommend this book. It's a really cool, cool book. Have either of you read it? I'm nope. not surprised. I'm not surprised.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think I, I I, have read. I think I've read Wonder, but I've never um, I definitely haven't read this one. I don't think i would heard of it until tonight.
1: It's not for everyone, like read the Goodreads synopsis before and like make, make the (laughs) call. (laughs) But I love to kind of give a sort of, this is my, you know, um, out of nowhere kind of book recommendation, the contrast Stephanie's Ruth Ware. um, (laughs) It's so atmospheric. It'll give you goosebumps, but it's not, it's some of it is a bit spooky, but it's very, the whole book takes place outside. Yeah. So, so that's, that's my recommendation. Stephanie, you've got our next book. We're going to do our final round okay
0: this is where I'm panicking and I'm like what do I throw at them because part of my heart is just like reread Harry Potter and the prisoner of Azkaban like <laughs> I think I just made Aaron spit out her drink
1: <laughs> because like you I know I like... expect that at all it's <laughs> something about the look on your face <laughs> my heart says reread Harry Potter I spit my diet cranberry Canada dry do you guys have this in the states
0: I'm sure we do yeah yeah, we have Canada Dry. That I love like a it fancy so much. The
1: cranberry version comes out during our Thanksgiving, and I really enjoy it. Anyway,
0: well, I've spit- I'm I'm sorry I made you waste it oh. by spitting it out. <laughs>
1: okay, I did not expect that at all. That's like more of a hot take than Pony by RJ Palacio. Okay, tell us about why we should read Harry reread Harry Potter. I, I mean, I
0: think it's along the same lines where I'm like, read Catherine Center or something kind of like mindless, simple, fun, I'm like, this is so nostalgic. And like Mrs. Weasley's knitting them sweaters and mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's set in England. And so it's that, you know, UK feel that we were talking about and just the nostalgia of like rereading something that's already so familiar to you. So you don't have to really pay attention. I mean, I'm assuming everybody's read Harry Potter when I say that, but I know some people haven't, but we, you know, a lot of us have seen the movies and over and over again. And now we're like the age where we're getting our kids into the story and stuff like that. And so something about a familiar like over and over again read at Christmas just seems so appealing to me because of how mindless it would be because you already know the story. And so you're just picking up on just funny things and quirks that they say because you're not paying attention to committing the plot to memory.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh I don't know. I tested out, like I said, a ton of like Christmas reads. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. And I just was like, I I don't know. It didn't hit the spot. And so something in me says reread Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> That's great. That's a great recommendation. And I think like there is a Christmas, I think, in almost every Harry Potter mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Yeah. We are going through the Harry Potter movies at my house right now. We're watching them as though they're TV episodes. We're watching like 30 minutes of every movie with my older son's before bed. Um, and that's been like a really good way to kind of like parse out the intensity of mm-hmm. the movies. Uh, my oldest son is very much into the audiobooks. And I think, you know, like, what you're recommending is like return to the known quantity over Christmas. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with a good reread over the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the time when you have to like tackle new subject matter yes. or challenge yourself. Um, a cozy Christmas read is something that should be be comfortable above all things because it's your holidays and you want to rest and relax yeah
0: I I think I tend to like I like should myself with my reading like I should Mm -hmm. do a certain amount of books I should branch out into new genres I should try this book that Aaron recommended even though I'm pretty sure I'll probably hate it like you know and there's so many like shoulds in there that I think like the holidays you gotta like I have to take back those shoulds and just be like no like do something comfortable and familiar, and don't like you said. You don't have to branch out and try everything new during the hustle and bustle.
1: Um. Someone once told me, I'm pretty sure it was you, that you should stop shooting on yourself.
0: Yeah, don't shoot all over yourself.
1: Stop shooting all over yourself. Um. Listen, if I recommend something and you're pretty sure you're going to hate it, then I think you should ten out of ten skip it. And text no, but something
0: me, in me really I wants to know. I'm going to hate
1: that book, so I skipped it. By the way, your <laughs> recommendations are terrible. <laughs>
0: just subjective, not terrible.
1: I also will say, I think that, of course, J.K. Rowling being, you know, the controversial person that she has become, and I think all of us as people who grew up on Harry Potter and who love reading now, it's really hard to kind of parse out the difference between those two. For me, personally, I've just reconciled with myself that both things are true, is that, Mm -hmm. like, I can objectively be really critical of J.K. Rowling and, um, And also see the merit in the books. And, you know, for us, like what we try to do is, and this is, I'm not trying to like moralize reading for anybody, but we just try to read books from the library, not spend our money on ways to make JK Rowling richer. But there, it's just like, it's going to really be hard for our generation. And probably even my kids who really love Harry Potter as a storyline to parse out, you know, the... The moral failings of of J.K. Rowling as a person, and I'm just putting that out there because I know that it's just like once you learn that you can't kind of unsee it, and uh, and it's 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 kind of like worth saying that it's it's hard. Jillian, you were nodding a little bit there.
2: Yeah, um, I go back and forth with it because Emmett's at an age where we could start watching and reading Harry Potter, but um, you know what's what's been going on with her and with the author is. It's very problematic. Um, So if, if we are to like dive into it, it'll definitely be from a borrowed perspective, you know, from the library or if somebody we know has a copy of it, because for the same exact reasons, I don't want her, I don't want to help her make any more money, but it's hard because I love the books. I cried my eyes out on almost every single Mm -hmm. book and I love them
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um, so much. So it's, it's a, it's really tough.
1: It's it's actually been interesting watching the movies because you see things like Lupin, the character of Lupin for example, who's really ostracized, really judged, really portrayed as being different and really um, you know, othered. And and even a character like Umbridge who is just like so evil, but not evil because of magic, evil because like her moral compass is points towards like hurting people and it's really hard to kind of say like why would a person be able to write these compelling rich characters and yet and that's actually been really good like fodder for conversation with my nine-year-old who can kind of like grasp and understand these concepts and the the values that we're talking about and And that's not going to be every kid. That's not going to be every family. But we've kind of leaned into it a little bit. And that has been complicated for him to wrap his head around. But it's also like still encouraged his own reading life. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm always interested to hear what people, um, how parents especially, are kind of navigating it. Jillian, you have the next recommendation.
2: Okay, so I had said I was going to recommend again Season for Second Chances because I really love that book, but then I'm like, I did already recommend that in a year ago, so I am actually going to go with Under the Whispering Door, which is <gasps> my favorite, it was my favorite book in 2021, and I have to say it has continued to be my favorite book in 22, nothing has topped it. Um, this is by T.J. Klune. It's, it's an incredible book. I think it's better than Cerulean Sea, but I know, I know Erin, you prefer Cerulean Sea over it, but you don't or?
1: Oh no, I definitely prefer Cerulean Sea to <laughs> Under the Whispering Door, but I think it also speaks to like who you are as a person, which, which one will appeal to you more.
2: Yeah, for sure. So Under the
1: Whispering Door is fantastic.
2: It's, it is, again, I cried. So I, I maybe that's, that's something here. Maybe books are, again, like you were saying, it has to be a five-star read in order for you to cry. So maybe that's a thing, but it was just, The whole that takes place in a tea shop for the most part, and I mean, what is cozier than a tea shop? And the the relationship between the the two main characters, and the oh my god, the ending is is magical. I I just it's just incredible. I amazing. One of my it is my favorite book for the last two years. And I hopefully he's writing something new (laughs)
1: because I heard I heard there's a new book coming out. I think in May.
2: Oh, wow. I, that's, I'll have to look into that because I had not heard that. That's yeah. exciting.
1: Yeah. Um, Steph, have you read any T.J. Clune? No, that's
0: new to me as well. So oh, I'm I'm, I'm sitting you. over here like furiously adding things
1: to my
2: Goodreads and living. It'll all
1: be in the show notes. It'll all be in the show notes.
2: So good. Oh my God. It was so, so moving.
1: So under the whispering door, do you want to give a bit of a synopsis, Jillian?
2: Uh sure. The good read one. Goodreads is pretty short. When a Reaper comes to collect Wallace from his own funeral, Wallace begins to suspect he might be dead. And when Hugo, the owner of a peculiar tea shop, promises to help him cross over, Wallace decides he's definitely dead. But even in death, he's not ready to abandon in the life he barely lives so when Wallace is given one week to cross over he sets about living a lifetime in seven days it's incredible (laughs) just the feeling it gives me when I think about that book
1: yeah and and there is a really good sense of place in this book but it's it is way more about the feelings that you get than anything else um I loved Under the Whispering Door as well I did make a reading soundtrack for it. So I'll link to that in the show notes. That's my way of kind of like extending my love of the book after having read it. And it's also very like it lends itself to you want to kind of cast the characters. You want to know like who are the people that you're kind of falling for. The thing that TJ Klune writes better than any other contemporary author I've read recently is family. He writes about family without there being blood relations. And he writes about the deep, deep connections that you can have at a generational level without actually being related to somebody. It's just so beautiful. This book has a dog. It has a grandpa. It has a coworker that is like, like a sister. It has these deep peeling back the layers of who are you and what is the life you want to live? And the a lot of the book I will just say is about grief so you should be I don't want to say maybe I'll say content warning it's very much centered on death Mm -hmm. and it's also very much centered on the experience of grief so Mm -hmm. that is a really important kind of content warning if you want to read this book if you want something that's um, a little lighter I would say under the cerulean sea is a little bit lighter than under the whispering door not under the cerulean sea (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> is a
1: house, it? a house in the cerulean Sea. yes
2: yes okay <laughs> um
1: that is more about kids so if you like books that focus on children and the hilariousness of kids um I really love an author that can write kids well that book is more about kids it's more of a love story although no, actually is it mm, they're both love stories Towards I think the
2: end. Uh, yeah I think it's it is I think it's about the building of relationships between yeah. the two between them.
1: Um, but they're both so good. Yeah, that's a great cozy Christmas read. I think it's just going to give you good feelings all around. And um, so that was Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. Yeah.
2: You're going it, to escape. It's, yeah. It's best way to describe it.
1: hmm hmm I think I have the last recommendation. I am going to recommend a book that probably a lot of people have read, but it might be a good book to pull out. And this is maybe going to be the book that you read to counteract any of the cultural pull that you might have to make a resolution for January 1st. So this is a cozy Christmas read, but it's a book that I would recommend maybe you read after Christmas when you're kind of like having a bit of Christmas hangover, maybe a bit of a holiday hangover. Maybe you didn't get quite everything you wanted um, from Santa and you're just kind of looking for a refresh Instead of leaning into, like, making a New Year's resolution and aiming to be that best self for the new year, I want you to read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Untamed by Glennon Doyle is an amazing book, came out in 2020. It is not quite memoir, it is not quite self-help book, it is not quite pep talk, but it is probably a little mixture of all three. It is going to make you feel fierce. It is going to make you feel seen. It is going to make you feel empowered after the exhaustion of the marathon that can be the Christmas holidays. It is going to fill your tank in a way that you might need after Christmas and before New Year's. A lot of people kind of feel that sense of like, what is time between Christmas and New Year's? You know, (laughs) like you focus so much on December 25th if you celebrate Christmas that Once the 26th or 27th hits, you're like, I don't even know who I am anymore if I'm not like shopping and wrapping presents and like creating holiday magic for everyone around me. This is a really good book to ground back into yourself, to get the pep talk from Glennon, to look around and disconnect yourself from all of the pressures of being the best person ever and just glide into the new year, loving yourself, accepting who you are and feeling like a total wholehearted human being. I think most people have read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, but I I think it's a really good book to revisit. You're both nodding. Has it struck a chord with you? I've read it. Yes. I've read it twice. I love it so much. Okay. Did
2: she say it in the book or was it something she posted on Instagram where she said it was her, she wrote, it's her book that she wrote about her life with Abby. Like it Mm -hmm. was the book she wrote. Okay. So I thought.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is in some ways actually also I think about falling in love. Yeah, yeah, the memoir side of it is about falling in love, and then there's some other things where she kind of unpacks a lot of what she calls like memos, which are these sort of like patriarchal messages that she's accepted and internalized her entire life. Love that book. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like the cover is like very New Year's appropriate. Yeah. Um. So that's my recommendation.
2: Stephanie, you look skeptical.
1: (laughs) Did you not like it?
0: You know, like that account on Instagram that's going around, that's like all the one star Goodreads accounts or Goodreads reviews. Like, I feel like half the time they're mine. And I'm like, oh, did I write that? Was that one me? Like, because I'm so harsh and I'm so brutal. And like, this was not quite a one star read for me. And I did write, write my review. And I said, I do think she has a really poetic way of writing. And I enjoyed following along with her story. And I enjoyed a chapter here and there, especially her racism chapter but I felt like it was mostly just mumbo jumbo and her trying to justify her life choices to everybody else. Like, Hey, I did this and it's okay. And I'm like, we know like, but like, stop trying to tell us that it's okay. Like we get it. Like, but I read it a long time ago. I don't remember anything about it other than what I just wrote in my good, good review.
1: (laughs) I love that. I love that you're saying that. And I think that the interesting thing is, and I'm trying to pull up one star Goodreads reviews because now I I need I didn't to know read, that it existed. I need oh to gosh. read another one star review. Oh my gosh, it's actually like very entertaining to read a one-star review. <laughs> They're so funny of any book, of any book. There's a whole
0: read. Instagram account dedicated to it. I'll find it while we're I talking. Just,
1: okay. I just go to I just go to Goodreads and I filter by one star. I got in, I got two hours into this audiobook and I had to stop. She had me at first with the cheetah story and being locked in cages created by those around us. How important it is to find our wild again and let it be what dictates our choice. But then she got into going to into herself to find God or the thing she no longer refers to as God and letting that be what guides her decisions. And she started to lose me. And I lost count of how many times she said she was a best-selling author. Yes. <laughs> oh, and somebody also compares it to um, Rachel Hollis.
0: Yes, that's what it felt
1: like. Danielle said one star. It has been a while since I have loathed a book so fully as I did that. Wash your Facebook. I suppose it was time to find another one. I detested every page of this nonsensical, self-indulgent, inauthentic word salad. So listen, the reason I'm reading that is and I do love to read a one star review of a book that I really, really love on Goodreads, because I think that it just like it reminds us all that book recommendations are just that. It's like someone's subjective opinion and recommendation. And if you don't like it, it doesn't say anything about you. And it also doesn't say anything about your relationship with the person. Stephanie and I are a great example of people who love each other dearly Mm -hmm. and hate each other's book recommendations.
0: (laughs) All right. I found the account. It's one underscore underscore, star underscore goodreads underscore reviews there might be others but there's so she finds the best ones like this one is on one of Colleen Hoover's books and it's a one-star review that says I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy unless of course we were talking about my worst enemy Benton Kessler F you Benton Kessler you know what you did
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's a whole account of that I'll put it in the show notes some people on goodreads can be savage
0: if I wanted to read about a brat feeling sorry for herself, I could have just read my own journal. What book is that? Another Colleen Hoover one? Oh no, that was an accident. I've never one. read Colleen Hoover. It's on my uh. list to, to do for um 2023 because I have not either. I have a feeling, knowing my personality, my grumpy Scrooge persona here,
2: I won't like it. But we'll
1: find out. Well, your first I... recommendation was Catherine Center.
2: I'm hopeful, Jillian. If you, I love Colleen Hoover. I know lots of people don't, I would recommend starting with not Layla. Um, oh my God. What's the one that's Verity? So, yes. Verity. Yes. Um, start with that one. Cause it's very different from her other books. And it is, I think one of the favorites, but then the rest of them are, are very similar, like to other romance and drama. I enjoy her, but it's, uh, they're mindless reads for sure.
1: Okay. Let's wrap up. What are you going to be reading next? Maybe it doesn't fall into the cozy Christmas reads, but um, we can't review these books because we haven't read them or finished them. So Jillian, what are you going to read next or what are you what are you currently finishing right now? Finishing
2: The Bear and the Nightingale. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, The Bear and the Nightingale is what I'm finishing up right now. And then next up is I can't decide between A Merry Little Meet Cute or Shipwrecked, which is Olivia Dade's newest novel. Mm -hmm. I tend to like Olivia Dade because her uh, main characters are all uh, plus size, not mm-hmm. super stick thin. So I may, I might go with that next.
1: Awesome. Stephanie, what are you finishing up or what are you going to read next?
0: I'm finishing up Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe by Miss Melissa De La Cruz. Um, and yeah, I did, I'm not finished like through it enough to give it a thorough review or recommendation but it is a modern like retelling of pride and prejudice like main character darcy is a high-powered female lawyer but everybody has the same names as in the book queer love storyline too and so like um who writes that pride um, and
1: and mistletoe
0: melissa de la cruz thank you that's what i'm finishing and the next up is actually one recommendation i think from aaron which is leave the world behind by ruman alam I think that's how you say it.
1: I just got goosebumps. That's one of my favorite books of all time.
0: That's next on my shelf.
1: That is neither cozy nor Christmas. I know.
0: (laughs) What about you, Erin?
1: Yeah, right now I'm finishing up a book by V.E. Schwab called A Darker Shade of Magic. I've never read uh, V.E. Schwab before, but discovered their books um, in the summer. I read Vicious. And it's like a whole other level of fantasy writing that is just like instantly captivating. Not too many characters, but really, really fast paced, very action heavy and really loving this book. And then what I'm going to read next, I don't know, I have quite the book flight from my library right now, probably going to read uh, just by the effing lilies. I can't remember who wrote that, though, Um, mostly because my library is asking me to return it and Mm -hmm. I haven't read it yet. So that usually drives my choices of what to read next. Uh, Let me just check who the author is of that. Oh, sorry. It's by yourself, the effing lilies and other rituals to fix your life. It's written by Tara Schuster. And it's saying um, people who reviewed this also reviewed Untamed by <laughs> Glenn <Toil. laughs> <laughs> If there's ever a better time to wrap up, this is it. Okay. One more, one more question for wrap up. Um, and I think we did this last year, but um, what is your uh, cozy Christmas beverage of choice? Because everybody knows Cozy Christmas reeds have to go with a cozy Christmas beverage.
2: Okay. I, I, mine would be tea. Tea, one hundred percent.
1: Milk and sugar, milk and honey.
2: Um, honey, mostly. I I used to add tea, milk, but now it's I like it just the the tea and a little bit of honey.
1: Nice, Steph.
0: I think if I'm doing like cozy Christmas, like I want it to feel like a treat, and so I want a treat coffee, like a flavored latte. Mm.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, which is kind of in between the two of you is I really like making these like decaf tea lattes, just like a decaf tea, a decaf peppermint or like a like a cinnamon spice kind of decaf tea. And then using milk in my milk frother and like making a little bit, a little bit extra, you know, put some canned maple syrup in there. Look delicious. Yeah, it is very decadent, very decadent. I am so grateful to both of you for your time today and your book recommendations. You're both amazing. You're doing such Thank a good you. job. Thanks so much for everyone for listening. Jillian, where can people find you if they want to uh, if they want to get in touch with you? And and Jillian and Stephanie are both very good at posting their reading progress on Instagram.
2: Um you can find me at Jillianfindinghappy on Instagram.
1: And Stephanie, where can people find you?
0: I'm also on Instagram at Stefsky with two F's, S T E F F S K I.
1: All right. And I'm Erin. You can find me at medium.lady. If you want to follow up on this post, we would love your recommendations for Cozy Christmas Read or your reviews of this book, including the uh, polarizing Glennon Doyle um, Untamed. (laughs) Let us know what you thought of this episode. You can find it by searching the pink tile in my feed. And uh, we'll be really happy to connect with you after the episode. Thanks so much again to both of you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please make sure to reach out and connect on Instagram with me. I can be found at medium.lady over there. If you have any feedback about today's conversation, you can head to the pink tile in my feed for the latest episode and we can always continue the conversation over there. If you like this podcast, please make sure to share a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for growing our community. Finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you're listening and make sure your notifications are on. Don't forget, you're doing such a good job. Bye.